Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining. Absolute pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. It's, it's been a long time, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> so for everyone listening, this is the, this is the Don't Stress podcast, and uh, it's the first one, so we're pretty excited to um, get cracking on this and just see where it goes. Uh, the podcast is about helping people reach their potential and looking for all those little ways that we might um, tweak, if you like, to get better at what we do without stressing. We don't want people to stress about developing their potential. And it's also probably looking at those things that um, we do stress about and realising in some cases they don't really matter. So if we can work out ways to to worry less about the things that aren't worth worrying about, we might... Um, and a bit more fun. My name's Bill Wallace. You know, Bill, just as, sorry, just as you say that, it's interesting because it's something you and I have talked about before, which is a little uh, a little quote that says, uh, worry is negative goal setting. Yeah. So you're right around that whole process of, of less stress means you've got sort of less things to uh, to take you off, off track, which I've just done from your introduction. So I apologise. Please go back to that and don't stress about it. I think, uh, I think the interjections are going to be uh, good. So... Um, we will see how it goes. But uh, so I blog over at the Don't Stress uh, blog, this blog at the Don't Stress blog, over at Substack. Um, so if you like what you hear today with me and Scott, then be sure to sign up and you'll get all the details at the end of the conversation. And the, the point about the podcast as well and about the blog and, and wherever we are on social media is actually about a conversation. It's not really about us being the font of all knowledge or we don't we don't even pretend to to think about that but it is actually to allow people to have freedom to have the conversation around things that are going on and there's a lot going on we've had COVID and all, all sorts of things and some people cope better than others so hopefully what we present over the next few episodes um, gives people ideas about how they might cope better flourish um, and be energised about their lives so Enough about that, um, but we'd like you to join the conversation, so please uh, feel free to do that. Um, on the debut podcast, we've got Scott Amy, uh, and Scott works with the Pacific Institute, and uh, we've known Scott for I've known Scott for a few years, and he's always one of those guys who helps you feel energised and ready to take on the world. He's helped me coin a phrase actually called having yes and people in your life as opposed to yeah but people in your life. And I think we can all relate to people where you put up something that's quite exciting and or at work or whatever and there's a group or a person who's always going, yeah, but we tried that or it's at work or whatever. What I've found with Scott over the last few years is you talk about particular things and there's always a yes and. Oh, yes, and we could do that. And yes, and what about this? And how you thought of that? Which I find energising. Anyway. Scott's a great guy, got a lot of information and um, value to bring to the podcast, so I'm going to let him talk a bit about himself. Scott. Uh, well, yes, and I was hoping there's going to be more, Bill, uh, about, <laughs> about that. Um, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate the opportunity. We always have a wonderful time when we just get together and, and chat about things, so the idea of taking this to a more formal approach and actually putting some value to what we, we talk about um, conversational labour, as someone once referred to it, that I admire. It's around when you, you know, you talk about things that are important to you and they may not be actually having any, any productivity on the bottom line, but there's that process behind it. And I think 
there's so many things. This is what always happens when I start talking with you. There's so many things that, that come about. So what I was just thinking about then was you get so much benefit of little things to do. Um, there's that old saying that says a problem shared is a problem halved. And uh, and that's the part that I like around the yes end is you, you share challenges, ideas, thoughts um, with someone else and all of a sudden you get some great ideas. And and hopefully for us, that's the intent of um, this series of podcasts that, that you'll be presenting. Um, so my background, as you, you asked before, uh, I've been doing this gig for about uh, 30 years now. I've always been involved in education and training and I just do love to see it where people can um, find out their own realisation of what they, they can do. And if I can help along the way, then that's a good day for me. I can go home and eat my, my bangers and mash in um, in peace and quiet. Excellent. So, um, and so, what's uh, you've just been on a break for a couple of weeks. How was that? That was absolutely fantastic. A real um, first holiday, real holiday I've had in probably 10 years where um, the only reason I looked at the laptop was to uh, to watch YouTube, not to check emails or, or do anything like that. I uh, went up to sunny Brisbane, um, saw my, my best mate up there, caught up with him. He lives on a boat. So, when you talk about lack of stress, um, he's constantly in stress, funnily enough, because on a boat that's that's 50 years old, there's always something breaking down. Yep. But the fact that he loves what he does and he's learning all the time, he's always in that, that flow state that you talked about before. So, you know, if, if something breaks down, like the crapper doesn't work at 10 o'clock at night mm. and you've got to work walk 500 metres along the decks to the marine crapper, um, it's just, it really is a case of, yeah, no stress. We'll fix that in the morning. You know, it's a bit of an inconvenience at the time, but it's it's a nice, I know it's a nice way of living. So I take a lot from what Nigel does in his life as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's a good point around having that flow. And we always seem to, I guess, well, I've got to be careful about using the word always and, and never and all that sort of stuff. But people, I'll talk about myself, want that flow, want that tranquility or that peace of mind or whatever. But then we tend to throw ourselves into situations which, um, which prevent, almost prevent that. And we, we, we do it willingly almost. Like, we, yeah, I'll yeah. work a, a, a toxic job or, or a toxic environment or whatever. Um, and, and the whole time wanting the, the alternative. I reckon it becomes that that subconscious sabotage at times. You know, people people aren't really aware of the language that they use, and and that, as you know, is my very very keen interest in the way people talk to themselves has a huge impact on on what they bring upon themselves. So I've just, I've just taken a few notes already from our time together today, but it is such an important thing. So people always want that flow. Yet you ask someone how they are and they say, oh, I'm busy. Yeah. You know, and, and busy is a negative connotative word. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and some of the things that I talk to people that I work with and coaches around, it's great that you're busy, but what are you busy doing? So are you busy doing nothing, filling in the blanks, or are you busy bringing about bottom line productivity, chasing more clients? You know, you, you can always use language to take it to, a positive outcome, and I think a lot of people often take it to the negative outcome because 
Well, there's a number of reasons around that. One is I think we're lazy. Um, we live in this society that values uh, time pressures and all that stuff goes straight back to what your whole podcast and website is around, is around how some of the ways that we can get what we want to get without the stress. And, and remember, there's two types of stress as well. So, again, people often talk about stress in a negative fashion, which is distress. Right. Yeah. But we want to look at it in the use stress style, which is around using stress or the, the indicators of stress to make things good for us, to make things easy, to get things what we want. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I, I, I want to kind of go back to the laziness side of things um, in terms of like human, you mentioned to me like recently that humans are basically lazy, so I want to kind of like dig into that. Um Interesting on the use stress side, and we might say this for a different podcast, is the fact I've done some research on that recently, and the use stress or the good stress helps us build capability. Um, and again, I won't go into the details because I don't want to divert, but, um, but then the distress that we often suffer, when we use the term stress, we're ref often referring to distress, um, which, which almost like breaks us down in a sense, and whereas the use stress or the good stress actually used constructively can actually help us build our capabilities. Like someone learning to run, you run a light pole to a light pole. You don't go and you don't start by running a marathon. You slowly build your capability, but you're still stressing your body, but you're doing it in, in small increments. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to so I want to, I want to go back to humans are basically lazy, but you mentioned that. <laughs> That's what weekends are for, mate. It's just weekends are for just. Crazy. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about it, but I can't be bothered to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> So, so when you say we're basically lazy, what do you what do you mean by that? Well, I think you'd look at the way human beings are, are created in terms of they've got that physiological state, they've got the chemical state, they've got the emotional state, and they all work in together. And you know, and I'm no scientist, but it's fascinating when you think about human beings or any animal, the way they actually live their life day to day. What's all the things that goes into what they do to make them up. So I concentrate a little bit probably on that psychological state there that we are lazy because our, our main aim is to survive. Yeah. Now, human beings probably one step above that. Our aim really is to survive and thrive as well. But funnily enough, if we thrive and if we do all the hard work as in the animal kingdom to, to thrive, it takes a lot of energy out of us. So, you know, human beings have been created to do things the easy way. We, we love shortcuts. Our brain loves shortcuts. It's why we have habits. It's why we have all those different areas of comfort zones and things like that because essentially we're lazy. And I don't necessarily mean that in a negative fashion because not only are we, are we lazy, but we're bloody clever about being lazy as well. And there's people that actually do a little bit more and, and try and change those, those feedback loops or the habit patterns. They're the ones that, that can still use that lazy process of finding the shortcut, the quick way, but they can do it more effectively. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't have to answer this question for yourself personally, but you think about it. One of the big things these days is, and I can't remember the, the name they use for it in marketing, but it's around people don't change insurance companies. They just have the same insurance company or the same bank for years yeah. until, you know, they, they realise with their budget that that insurance company has been gouging them for years. But essentially we're too lazy yeah. 
to go and look for the the comparison. And and that's what I I talk about is we fall into these comfort zones um, and then the way we think, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on too hopefully, is it just makes it easy for us to to not really care. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just just thinking that through in terms of like trying to, yeah, falling into our comfort zones, so in a sense of a sense of laziness, um, but wanting to live a life that we don't have. I'm get, again, I'm going to get too philosophical, but um, yeah, we, we we remain in our comfort zones, even though we know that it's not it's not really what we want. Like I came home from work last night, should have gone for probably just even just a walk after dinner. To be fair, didn't <laughs> I was too comfortable on the couch. Yeah, I was just say that's a that's a great quote that another guy that I, I really um, admire often says. Um, Stuart talks about no one gets out of a comfortable couch. Yeah. So we we're lazy because we accept second best or we accept good enough for us as well, and the, and the fact that as human beings we're self regulatory in nature, and we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Just means I shouldn't say it stops us from moving ahead, yeah. but it does make it easy for us to stay where we are. Yeah. And one of the things that you said in your your intro was around, you know, you want to help people um, use their potential, yeah. um, and potential is unrealized energy, yeah. and that's where a lot of people sit. It's unrealized because I'm in the comfortable couch. Yeah. And and as you said before as well, it's not necessarily. The laziness isn't necessarily always a negative thing, can be, but if, if we're lazy about our systems and processes, and probably as James Clear, and I think he's, his book, Atomic Habits, I think has ruined the mm-hmm. arena for everybody else. It's such a good book. Um, he does talk about making things easy, and you could you, you could potentially go, well, it's not so much lazy, I suppose, but if you want to improve your life, try make it as easy as possible to, to, to make the change. So yeah. if you're looking at something as simple as um, we were talking earlier about weight loss, and it's like, well, don't have, you know, get rid of all the junk food in your in your pantry. And for people listening, I'm not judging anyone's <laughs> diet habits. I'm just making an observation. Um, but that, that can be a challenge because habitually, if you go shopping every week and you walk past the, the Tim Tams and you just habitually grab it, it's, it's almost to the stage now or it may be, again, as an example, physiologically, you don't even need to look at the shelf. Yeah. You just know exactly, at, you know, what height the Tim Tams are and you, you put them in. So changing habits can be a difficult yeah. thing for us as well, although I, I give you that. The way James Clear writes about them, you know, habit stacking and, and doing a whole lot of different changes is excellent. Yeah. But we, as human beings, the, the laziness for me comes into the fact that even doing little things like that can be difficult for us at times. Well, I'm out to prove James Clear wrong because actually um, in, my, in my office I have a pull-up bar and that he, in using uh, James's, um, I don't know James, by the way, I'm just using his accent. You sound like you do. Yeah, yeah, from Jim. Um, and uh, he says, you know, just touch the bar and then you'll end up doing three or four pull-ups. So my, my, my aim to prove him wrong is I had that pull-up bar, pull-up bar there for about six months, I haven't touched it once. So it's very easy for me to walk under it, but it's not very easy for me to <laughs> To grab that and do a pull-up. Um, but I want to dig into 
that mindset around the Tim Tams, right? So mm-hmm. we, and I guess that's that mindset thing of it, it is just as simple almost, and I, know I use the word simple very cautiously, of that tweet, just don't pick up the Tim Tams or don't do the thing that's taking you down the path you don't want. Mm-hmm. So hard. Um, Why do you think that is? I, I actually sometimes wonder, I think there's probably a few reasons, but I think I, I kind of sometimes wonder that it's because we might be fearful of success. We might be fearful of like, I could, I could be better than what I am. Okay. <laughs> and I know, I know I could be, but I'm a bit afraid of what that might mean. Yeah. Well, you, you know it's going to mean change for a start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's going to mean work. And then, you know, your, your lazy body goes, nah, suck, you don't need that. Yeah. You're comfortable where you are, even though you're not. Yeah. Well, that's right, yeah, because you know, I had a bump, I had a um, <laughs> bucket of ice cream last night. And uh, this is uh, the confession part of the podcast. <laughs> as I'm eating it, as I'm eating it, as I'm putting a spoon, and it was a Maggie Beer uh, burnt fig ice cream. So everyone likes ice cream, Maggie Beer burnt fig. Um, not sponsored. But um, as I'm putting the spoon in, I'm thinking, put the bloody thing down. But no, nah, I persevered. I, I finished Good on you. <laughs> I finished the bucket of ice cream. <laughs> 48 figs died for that ice cream, I must tell you. So. <laughs> but, it, but it is a, a, silly, a very simple example. It's a very silly example, potentially. But you, you know, it's actually a great example because can I take us away from what we've talking about just back into that my, my favorite subject around language? I mean, when you go back and you listen to this podcast and you hear the way you just described that ice cream, your emotion changes, your energy changes. And the description of it, like you told me exactly that it was like burnt fig ice cream. Yeah. You could tell the same story and go, I had some ice cream last night. Yeah. Because when you said what it was, I'm thinking here, and we're recording this at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning, yeah. I'm thinking, shit, you know, I could have some of that ice cream. That tastes really, really good. good. So you know, it comes back to that, and as I said, it's a different tangent. It comes back to that way that we talk about things. So you were emotionally invested in that ice cream last night and there was no way that you were not going to eat that, even though the best of your will was saying, I don't need this. Once you committed to that goal and in such an intense visual and emotive way, you know, I'm actually surprised you didn't go down to IGA and get a second bucket of that ice cream the way you're talking about it. It's still early. It's still early on a Saturday. I've got plenty of time. <laughs> but you mentioned that's. I think we can get on to. I think you you've got that really well. So what were the words you use? The, the emotional, um, mental, the way we talk to ourselves, the, the language yep. we use ourselves. So what I'm, I guess what I'm aiming at there is where, how can we not stop? But how can, how can we begin to take more notice of? Our language and whether it's working for us or against us. Well, you're right, because it's that laziness part again. So instead of us trying to phrase or create a new picture about what the new bill looks like with the low-cal, low-fat ice cream or the no ice cream, we tend to, and this is something that's banded around a little bit as well, we tend to react 
as opposed to respond. So when you think ice cream, your mind being lazy automatically goes back to the last version of it that you had, which was, as you just emotionally described, absolutely beautiful. If I asked you for a bit of a Nigella Lawson explanation around it, you know, this would be an X-rated program, the way you would talk about that ice cream. But when we react to things, we do exactly that. We are re-enacting what we've already done. So that's that's easy for us. That's a habit that saves us time and heads back to that laziness stuff. Responding or re or sorry or creating something new takes energy and effort. And we're lazy shits. Yeah. You know, we we don't want to do that, even though you and I and the listeners can sit here now and go, but that takes like a nanosecond. Yeah, it does, but that's a nanosecond of laziness that I'd like to get back in, in my life. <laughs> You can't get that nanosecond back, can you? No, no, no. But you can, with that nanosecond, you can recreate the taste of the ice cream. And and then there's some more stuff around how we're physiologically um, driven. You know, the taste of that ice cream becomes visceral and it becomes emotive to the point where you can actually taste the ice cream at at 8 o'clock in the morning thinking, hmm, I wouldn't mind some of that. I'll just go and check to make sure there's some left. There isn't. Um, but to the point of recreating the taste, and I, I it's a really good point, and, I, and I'm, we're talking about diets, and it's not the, not the point, it's not a dietary podcast, but he's using that analogy, I suppose, to other things in our lives. But, yeah, if, I've, if I come back from a long run and there's beers in the fridge, you know, it's not a case of I've got soda water, I've got um, um, sparkling water in the fridge, and that will, I know if I slug some of that, it will, it will fix the thirst issue. But mm. I go to soda water, I go to the German beer that's been imported that I like so much. Um, because, and to your point, I can I can almost taste it without opening the bottle. Nothing yeah. does create that. So turning that around, and I'll, I'll use I'm a, a different example. Like I, I do meditation to Sam Harris um, each morning, and he talks about, and many people do about catching yourself during the day, having moments of, of just as you go between particular um, events in your day, catching yourself to take a moment. And I won't, I won't mm-hmm. go into the details of it, but like just take a moment to, to breathe or to, to reflect, you know, just that, like you said, the nanosecond almost. And what I found really useful is I was listening to Sam for quite a while and I'm, I'm I listen to the pod, I listen to his meditation in the morning. Go and listen to the next one the next day, and I think, oh, I forgot to do that. I didn't get to do that. I never paused during the day yesterday. But there did come a time where I actually did start doing that. And when I I paused and go, oh, hey, two things happened. One, I actually did pause and reflect, so it was kind of getting through. And then I patted myself on the back to go, oh shit, you know this, this is happening. I, I actually am now consciously aware that responding as opposed to reacting. Yeah. You have back-to-back meetings. So you're meeting, 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 meeting. And Sam is suggesting in my in my um, context, I suppose, in between meetings, when it's busy, decision-based processes, all those sorts of things, can you take at least half a second to a second to go to stop and go reconnect with yourself almost? And after a time, I did, and, and I do. So... 
more frequently than I would have given myself credit for. So this rewiring of the reaction to responding, how, how do you suggest people do that if that's... Well, I think you've just identified it through, with Sam's help of a way of doing it. It's that you know, a lot of the stuff we've talked about before, if, if you're, um, you talk about your self-image, so, g'day, Bill, how are you doing? How's today going for you? Oh, mate, I am so busy, it's not funny. And so all you're doing there is creating that picture in your mind of, of busy. Now, busyness to you might be very, very different to business to someone else, but that's okay because there's you we're talking about. So busy is back-to-back meetings, trying to digest things, haven't got time to scratch myself, um, how can I gather my thoughts? Uh, and the funny thing around that is society actually applauds that and says, oh, you know, well done, uh, William. The, the more busy you are, the more productive you are, the more productive you are, the better you are as an employee. Yeah. And that's a lot of horseshit, to be honest, <laughs> in my opinion, because you don't necessarily get stuff done. But if you can step out of that meeting and take that, that mindful moment as opposed to mindless, because we do things, the same thing around the habits that we talked about, like grabbing the Tim Tams off the shelf in the supermarket is a mindless action. Yeah. And, and as human beings, we are mindless. We've got this huge capacity, but we just do things the way we've always done things. So changing it up, which is where we're going to come back into James Clear's stuff around how do you, you change a habit, tap of the bar or, or do whatever it is, Um and that recognition. So you've got to build levels of efficacy because we we can and have in the past built learned helplessness. So we think that we can't do things and that becomes the routine for us. That becomes the normal for us. Well, learned helplessness is, is basically it's a work of a guy by Martin Seligman um, who most people would, would know of. And not everyone, though, shouldn't make that... Um, assumption. So Seligman's the, the godfather of, of uh, cognitive or positive psychology. But he, he basically says that we can we can take ourselves from situations that we have control over um, and give up control. Uh, so we can learn to be helpless, just like you can learn to do your lamppost running from pole to pole, from pole to two poles to poles to four poles. Um, we can learn to be helpless. And that fits into that whole process of um, of being lazy because once you're asked to do something either of yourself or by somebody else to do something different, um, that means I've got to work to do something different and inherently we are lazy. So let me just, to be even lazier, let's click in the, the learned helplessness stuff, you know, and you've got um, adult kids now but you know what it was like when they were teenagers. Um, I can't would be one of the, the first words out of your, you know, the kids' mouths. Can you do this? No, I can't do that. Uh, so learned helplessness is, is about that. And to be totally honest with you, I've lost the track of where we were going uh, with that conversation. But, oh, it was the learned helplessness and the idleness, so mindless moments, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, if you can take a moment, and it doesn't take long, just to be mindful and reflect on what you've done. So you, you'll possibly hear me say this a few times over the course of our time together, I always think that reflective is effective. So if you can actually go back and look for areas that you'd like to, to change or reflect on things that went well, you then create that picture and you strengthen that in the synapses in your brain um, to become the way that you, you do things. Yeah. So 
If you can come out of those meetings, stop and congratulate yourself, and that's another podcast um, area as well around self-esteem, you're just changing the picture and we move towards that which we think about. So there's a lot in there. I've just I realised what I've just said um, and it might not necessarily make sense, but creating that change of the way we do things and being more reflective about what you've done, giving yourself that pat on the back, and it doesn't need to be big. It's just like, what did I learn from that? What would I do differently? So, you know, ask yourself a couple of questions after everything that you do. How did that go? Am I happy with it? What would I do differently if I'm not? I think I think that's a really good, really good point in a sense of we can often come out of meetings. I'm going to pick up on one point that you made there, um, which is we come out of meetings and we can go, we will go in our mind, God, that went well, or shit, that didn't, that was not a good meeting. But then we don't do the next step, which is to reflect. So why wasn't a good meeting? What did I do? Mm. Uh, what, and, and more importantly, not, but I guess you could go down the path of what did I do wrong or what did so-and-so do that wasn't working or whatever. But how often do we stop and go, well, well next time I'm going to be better prepared for the meeting or next time yeah. I'm going to work on a way, or between now and the next meeting, if I've got a, a bullish personality in the meeting, I'm going to work on some ways to maybe corral or manage or facilitate that bullish personality to the to make the meeting more effective. So we can we can judge ourselves on good, bad, or otherwise on, on terms of the topic. Uh, and I've done this in the learning and development area as well. Is like the reflective side is the really important side, even if it's because something will pop up. I I, I would always. Give a hundred percent guarantee. I shouldn't do that, but hundred percent guarantee that something will pop up in that reflection that can be either an aha moment or uh, oh, well, quite simply, not so much an aha like an epiphany, but more like I said, oh, well, next time I'll just go and do that. I'll do, I'll do it. I'll I'll create yep. a better agenda, or I'll I'll start on time next time, or whatever it might be. Um, but we don't tend to reflect. No, we don't, and that's that. That for me, that's that laziness. Yeah. thing I'm um I just remember one thing I'm ex-military and one of the things that was drilled into to me in the military um was do it now do it properly uh, and so we I used it with my kids dim dip you know do it now do it properly and part of that is around don't put something down put something away because putting a, a cup on the um the sink or the bench is is lazy when it's going to take you two extra steps to put it away or put it in the dishwasher or, or whatever the case. And, I, again, and this is a big call uh, when I, we talked about human beings being lazy. I think intrinsically we are. We just look for the shortcuts and everything. And, and, you know, you and I work around goal setting as well. So we know that once the goal is achieved, the energy goes. Yeah. And that the goal is just to get rid of this damn cup. Now, the goal is not necessarily to keep my house clean. So if the goal is to get rid of this cup out of my hands... I put it down, goal's achieved. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I might live together and I go, and my goal is to have a clean house. And I go, for fuck's sake, Bill, just put the thing in the dishwasher, <laughs> which is where we work from different goals, which is quite often where we have workplace stress or tension. Yeah. yeah that's a really good point. And, and you're right. I mean, we, and and the, the thing around the shortcuts, and we use, we use the term lazy, which might trigger, trigger some thoughts in, in people listening, um, but really we're looking just simply for the easy way. 
And why wouldn't yeah. you? Why wouldn't you use the easy way? Why why would you oh let me let me make this as hard as possible for myself? No no one would want to do that unless there was some significant benefit of doing it the hard way, like people who run with um weight vests. Like, yep. But they're doing that to make the, the, the end goal easier. So at the end of the day, they're trying to make things easy. So um so what they are, but the the thing is that we haven't realized, I think, is that you know, technologies come leaps and bounds over the last, you know, 10 years, let alone 50, let alone a hundred. Human being and evolution hasn't. So, you know, in the in the days on the Serengeti, you needed to conserve your energy because you've got no idea what's going to happen. So it paid for us to be lazy in those days. It was actually a, like a, a survival mechanism. Yeah. These days, we don't live in the Serengeti. Yeah. And that, that, but that whole idea in, in our mind of becoming lazy hasn't evolved into becoming effective. It still says just lay low, do as little as possible, conserve your energy because, shit, you might need that in 10 minutes' time. And that that impacts on a whole lot of different things. It actually impacts on stress, what stress was, you know, 10,000 years ago versus what stress is today or stressors. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that's the reason why we're lazy is because we actually haven't evolved um, the mind to deal with today's uh, technology, society and challenges. Yeah, technology is... Um, uh, I was going to say, I can't think of the word now. Technology is ambivalent. Like we will, technology will still keep on progressing, and it's up to the human um, uh, to, I guess, keep up or or ignore or use it to the best advantage. Um, I know I'm part of a of a forum, um, which I won't, I won't name, but um, it's a great forum. It's a really really good forum. But the guys are always talking about shortcuts. So um, if you want to find yeah. that, got an Apple iPhone or I'm sure Android have got it as well. They've got things called shortcuts or widgets or whatever. And, again, even that's to make things easy. But what I find like, great about this forum that I'm on is they've got some of these guys work so hard. <laughs> 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 and uh, I just haven't got the, um, I haven't got the energy to, uh, like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's there. But, I'm, again, I, well, actually, I just made a point that uh, I realise I'm, I'm too lazy to look at shortcuts. How bad is that? So uh, even though they could make that, Yeah. That that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, what is it? The, the big thing these days is to create hacks. You know, life hack number one, tech hack this, sport hack that. But you're right. We actually spend more time because we all go and do it. We, we look at these hacks and we go, shit, that's fantastic. And then we forget to do it or we're still in the habit of the old way of doing it. And there's nothing wrong with being lazy. Don't get me don't get me wrong around that. If you have no need to change, don't change. Um, but don't waste your time pretending you are, and don't uh, don't get all this information, um, which is what we call passive information. You know, I know I know everything. I've watched all the YouTube hack channels around how to get the best out of my iPhone, but I don't do it. Yeah. So there's that's passive energy or passive um, motivation is knowing what to do, massive energy is actually doing it. And there's a there's a lot of difference between massive and passive. Yeah. Mate, we are covering so many different things here today. It's not funny. No, I know. And I, and I actually thought what, I would, what we could get to now is basically, so what do, if someone's listening to this and they, uh, all the things we've covered, we've covered a range of topics from, or probably a narrow topic from different angles, probably might be a better description. What, if you're, if, 
if someone goes, yeah, I guess I can hear what you're saying. Like, I, I, we take the easy way out. We're we basically lazy. But there's some things in my life that I would like to be able to do. Um, like, and just to your last point about YouTube, yeah, we watch all the YouTubes, we read all the books, but we don't do anything. What would you guide someone to do now with this with this information? If you if they were going to do one particular thing or, or a couple of particular things, and uh, you were their coach, and they said, "Okay, Scott, thanks for the information." Now I know you won't throw a question back to me, but <laughs> um, what what would you suggest they do? I, I would suggest anyone start small because the other thing is when we look at, at change, so if, if you came to me and said, I want to lose weight or I want to be a better manager or I want to be a better dad or, or whatever, they're, they're massive changes because you've been doing it for, you know, the way you've been doing it for a long time. Yep, yep. Um, so so start small because we, we, when we want to change, we all think, okay, I've got to, if I want to change my lifestyle, I've got to go to the gym, I've got to eat differently, I've got to mix with different people. Mm. And that's that's disruptive. It's not change. So start small on one thing. And it might be to sit down for 10 minutes every night and just review your day, yeah. you know, what worked well for you. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing which I would look at that, that sits behind that is reflect but be accountable for it as well. So how did the day go? Well, I had a meeting with Bill. Uh, Bill was a real hard ass that day. And instead of giving over accountability, saying it's bloody Bill, if only I could work with someone different, yeah. um, but look back, well, what could I do to make those interactions better with Bill? Yeah. Um, so what does it, you know, be the change you, you want to see? Because yeah, sure. uh, I think, and this is probably the subject of yet another um, podcast, is around accountability. I don't think people are accountable. So take accountability and reflect. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I think that's because there is so much information. And and um, my son, who is a who um, runs a few gyms, uh, gymnasiums or fitness centers, um, the common word is these days. Um, he sometimes says, you know, someone comes in and they they're either overweight or they're completely unfit, and, and that's why they're there. So that's a good step that they've taken. Um, but as he tries to encourage them to say, well, it took you 20 years to get to the state you're in at the moment. It's not going to take you 20 days to fix that. So I think your guidance on um, start with something small and be consistent. So like, you know, if, if it's daily reflections and accountability, um, what can, and accountability in terms of what could I do differently, um, whether that's, uh, and again, go back to James, please, and just make it make it easy, make, make the change, because the change is work, but make that work easy um, and then implement it the next day. And, and uh, my experience with um, the Sam Harris meditations, it, it took, might <laughs> be a bit slow, but it, it took a while, I can't think of, think of a time frame, for me to begin to realise that I began, I've begun reflecting on, on in moments on the day. So mm. but that was such a win because it's like, well, I just breeze through the day because I'm so busy. So starting small and then acknowledging the changes that you become aware of. And so, oh, yeah, well, I did, you know, I had gone three days reflecting in at night or I had planned my day better um, over the last week or whatever situation to more find myself in, yeah. I think, you know, I'm just thinking of what you've been saying there and, and another bit of advice I would sort of give is probably, and this is going to go right back to the heart of what you're talking about, is, is don't sweat. 
Um, don't sweat about it. If you do things little by little by little, change happens. But often we sit there, like you've just said, you walk into the gym and you're frantic because you put on 40 kilos over 20 years. Um, but if you've got the belief in the, the end result or the goal, then you don't need to sweat about it. Um, yeah. No, no, you're right. I think it's just almost forget this usual <clears throat> weight thing. Is, and we've kind of had a bit of a bent to this discussion around weight and health and that sort of stuff, but it's not, the, not really the point. It's um, you just turn up to the gym every day. Don't worry about the don't, don't Almost like don't jump on the scale. If, that, if the weight yeah. is, um, don't jump on the scale. Just go, okay, I'm just going to go to the gym every day um, and, and be accountable and reflect on what I do well at the gym. And almost miraculously, perhaps in, in a few weeks' time, you'll jump on the scale and be pleasantly surprised. Exactly. Because we've got this other thing, which we won't go into because it'll take too much time, but this negativity bias where it basically says we are we are always looking for what's going wrong. Yeah. More, more primarily than we're looking for what's going right. So you go to the gym, you do all this work, and you find that, you know, you've over the last two weeks you've dropped a kilo. Yeah. You haven't really reflected on that. But then you get on the scale and you've put 100 grams back on and you know, holy crap! It's the worst thing in the world. The whole why am I bothering doing this? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, yeah, lots of lots of stuff we've covered. So, some some basics that people can can take away. Um, I'm going to certainly take away. And I I know in a couple of my posts on on the blog, I and I've mentioned something in my last one is whenever I do any training with people or coaching with people, I ask them to write things down, and that. I know people kind of think of that as homework and it's like, oh, well, I left school years ago. The main point about, and you mentioned it that in your point as well, around reflecting and potentially writing things down, it does help rewire the brain because you've actually got to think about the things that you want to do and what you have achieved. And that helps rewire, rewire the, the, the brain waves that, that, go, that go on. So writing things down, I would I would think would be great. Get a, get a nice... Notebook, people tend to like nice notebooks, like nice pens. I have my favourites. But that leads me to make it easier, being a bit lazy, but being easier to sit down at night and write out what happened during the day. And A, there's the, there's the mental reflection, but then there's the physical reflection of actually having to consciously write words that support your reflection. So there's almost like a, a double reinforcement um, mm. By doing that, so I, I don't see writing down. Some people do, but some people uh, write things down as homework. It's it becomes an enjoyable uh, a, a, an enjoyable uh, activity. And if you got it set up like I had in my what I call my library, which is just the, the room with the books in it, um, I get a nice red wine or I get a nice scotch, and um, yeah, it's it's a good thirty. I take thirty to forty five minutes to to reflect and enjoy that process. So I make it enjoyable, which means it makes it easy, um, but you've got to be accountable, as you say. Yeah. There's just a couple of things you talked about there. Um, you said, you know, I make it easy, and then you looked at the face, which is about being lazy. Easy and lazy are not the same thing. Um, so just because you make something easy doesn't necessarily mean you're being lazy about it. And that whole process of writing things down. So, you know, we we speak to ourselves constantly, constant conversation going on in our mind. 
Uh, estimates range from 40 through to 80,000 words um, a, a day or thoughts a day. So let's average that out at 60. If you slow yourself down by writing things down, you actually tend to create a stronger um, connection in the way you're thinking about things. So I, I again, I encourage that writing as a process as well or sketching or doing anything that's going to slow you. i got a, another mate of mine who works in the US and he, um, he's got fantastic journals because he's actually he's an artist as well, but he, he cuts things out of magazines. Right. Like pictures and, and stuff like that. So it takes him hours, whereas you might do yours for 30 minutes and a couple of glasses of whiskey. Yeah. He'll spend an hour a day um, on his. And that's that, that's great for him and it works for him. But his, his journals are absolutely fantastic. But what he's really done is he's taken himself out of that busy world for an hour, yeah. slowed himself down. Yeah. And that's it's that that he gets into the flow state um, and he's mindful about what he does. And I think um, just to, to summarise all of this, I think it's a case of find what works for you um, in, in a place that works for you. So, so, so I, I like going into my library. Some people might like the buzz of a coffee shop. So there's no, yep. there's no um, prescription um, really for, for doing this. It's just for someone to – the only prescription I would suggest if I was going to be prescriptive was like carve out some time. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say, do it. Your only prescription is do it. Yeah, and and set a time, and um, and then if it doesn't work, excuse me, doesn't work that particular time, then or in that particular way, then then think of something else that you would enjoy doing. Like I would mm. look forward to. I enjoy my coffee, so I, I enjoy a red at night. So I look forward to those moments. Um, so therefore, I'm more likely to do them um, rather than going. Oh, you've got to go and reflect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's got given people some some thoughts. And if you uh, this podcast will be on the on the blog, I'll talk to you about that where that is in a minute. Um, but we would love people to um, join the conversation. How do you um, improve, or what what actions do you take to um, address things that you that you want to address in, in simple terms, whatever that might be, whether it be a Productivity or health or um, whatever your your topic of choice might be. So drop them into the comments on the podcast. Um, will uh, Scott? Where can people find you online? Can they find you online? They they can. I hide fairly well, but um, LinkedIn is probably the best way to uh, to find me. Um, so LinkedIn, Scott, Amy. Um, there's a few other areas. I dabble in Instagram and stuff like that, but I'm I'm not really set up to. To do that, it's more for my pleasure. I'm moving on to it. Um, yeah, so that, uh, yeah, feel free to catch up and have a chat. And that's Scott Amy, A-M-Y? A-M-Y, Scott, S-C-O-T-T. Two T's in Scott, two T, two L's in excellent. Nice. Uh, and I can be found at the don'tstress.substack.com and on Twitter at BillMoss05. So, guys, love you to... Uh, connect with us and, and give us your thoughts on how um, humans are lazy and how we can make it work for us um, and not take the uh, not take the darker side. So, Scott, any last words that you want to share with um, the audience? No, mate, it's always been a good uh, good time having a chat with you. You make me think a lot more than, um, than I know. I probably need to, being lazy. Uh, I, I hope, as like you just said, I hope people take something out of this 
just little bits, one little nugget is absolutely fantastic. Um, and go and visit Bill because he's got some great stuff on his uh, his website and his blog. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Okay, everyone, thanks very much for joining. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. They'll be coming out. Um, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, intermittently, I suppose. We haven't got a, a routine for it yet, but it will be on the podcast. <laughs> That's another way of saying whenever you feel like doing it. Pretty much. Yeah, whenever I feel like that. I'm going to talk about the energy and don't want to be lazy. Um, so I'm going to find an easy way to do it. Um, all those hashtags I'll, I'll throw in there. But, um, yeah, hopefully to see you around. Please uh, give us your feedback. And, again, give us your thoughts on how you, what actions you take to make your life easier and better. And don't stress. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Thank you.